This is Promo Insiders, a podcast from Counselor Magazine that delves into issues that matter most to the promotional products industry. And I'm Chris Rubo for Counselor. Today, I'm joined by Lee Fine. He's head of sales and strategy at Seattle area distributor Juice Marketing. And we're here to talk about a mega campaign that Lee put together, something that really could have only come about in the age of COVID. It involves a Herculean kidding and fulfillment effort that spanned the globe, literally, and one of the most famous marathons in the world. Beyond delving into the campaign, Lee is going to share about how to handle custom kits and direct mail initiatives at a time when they're more in demand than ever. Lee, thanks for hanging out. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to uh, connect with you and see you in person. We've spoke a few times on the phone, but now I see your pretty face. So yeah. Oh man. Well, I'm I'm sorry. I'm sure it's a disappointment, <laughs> but we'll try to we'll try to get past that. Um, but anyway, listen. It's you're the focus of today, and this is really such a cool order, and I think something that's going to be pretty inspiring for a lot of people to hear about. So just at a top level, kind of give us a quick hit summary of, of what you did, who you worked with, all that stuff. Sure, absolutely. So this was um, ultimately for the Boston Marathon, but that's not how uh, or whom I started working with from the beginning. We started working with our client at Amazon, who was expected to be on site at the Boston Marathon back in April, uh, April 20th. Um, obviously, which we all know, COVID uh, put a big hamper on that happening in, in a live event. So the folks at Boston Marathon decided, you know what, let's do this as a virtual race, which is not uncommon. Um, I would say that they were kind of first to market, if you will, as far as yeah. the big events. But virtual races have become a common theme mm-hmm. um, in the past eight months for sure. Um, so we were going to support our client at Amazon the same way we normally would for any event that they go mm-hmm. to, specifically with this group, which is a sports and outdoors team at Amazon, which mm-hmm. was providing them with merch for their on-site activation. So when the whole opportunity came about to go virtual, um, their kind of ask of me was, how can you, how can we still kind of activate, mm-hmm. even though we're not going to be doing um, an on-site activation? And that's where this kind of drop ship fulfillment project opportunity really started to come together and come to fruition. Uh, really sorry. Okay. Uh, so you, you kind of give us a little background. What was your rela- What was your relationship with um, Amazon? Kind of how did that that come about? Because that's really key to landing this. For campaign, sure. Right? So we've done a lot of stuff with Amazon. Obviously, we're based here in Seattle. Amazon is headquartered here in Seattle. Um, there's a There's a handful of companies like Juice that work with Amazon. We certainly don't do their merchandise exclusively. There's a lot of people that do a lot of work with them. We work with a few different groups. Predominantly with this one group, we do a lot of video stuff. So we do video production in addition to merch and web development. Um, But when they called for this event, there wasn't really a need for video, at least for Juice to participate in. Okay. Pardon me. It was, um, the need was for a fulfillment project. um, And we wanted, they wanted to leverage our experience and know-how in that kind Mm -hmm. of facet, um, even though we hadn't done a large fulfillment project with this specific team in the past. So certainly, like oftentimes, they ask, can you do this? Um, We're not afraid to say no when we can't do something. But when Mm -hmm. we can, we are obviously excited to participate. And we said, absolutely. We run a variety of online stores and programs for other clients. So Mm -hmm. we knew this was in our wheelhouse. Um, As we get into this conversation, there was parts of it that were definitely new to us or first-time experiences, um, which is fine and and quite an experience and a learning opportunity for sure. Mm -hmm. But overall, the theme of what they wanted to execute, we have many, many years of experience in executing. All right, very, very good. Now, now tell us kind of, 
what would you say their goals were, or their their objectives for the campaign? What did they what did they want to accomplish? And then we'll get into all the nitty gritty of what how you did that. For sure. So the Boston Marathon, I think, as most people know, is a pretty marathon, but that's how that one works. Whereas Boston mm-hmm. Marathon, you really have it's a capped thirty thousand athletes, and you really have thirty thousand legit marathon runners. This is not first time kind of let's go for it. <coughs> okay, me, got sorry. It. So. What they wanted to do was, even though these folks from all around the world were not going to kind of show up in Boston and run the traditional Boston Marathon, they wanted to provide them the same experience they would get if they were there from kind of the the, the get of, of merchandise, if you will. So what happens day of race? Okay. What happens prior to the race? What happens when you cross that finish line? Um, they wanted to make it inclusive right. for a variety of their partners, not just Amazon, but Cliff Bar, Adidas, uh, and many others who can also participate okay. in this activation and give these end users, these athletes, uh, what they were going to originally give them had the event been held as normal. All right, gotcha. So where does Juice come into all that and, and what do you provide and how much of it? Great question. So what the Boston Marathon did for the pre-race kits, we did this twofold, a pre-race kit and a post-race kit. They put a cap on the pre-race kit at 15,000. The first 15,000 athletes who had qualified originally to run, mm-hmm. who said, who went online and said they would like to participate in the virtual race, qualified for this pre-race kit. And they put a cap for a couple of reasons. One was they wanted to make sure there was still an interest from this group of 30,000 athletes to execute this virtual marathon. <clears throat> and two was, hey, our, if all 30,000 people do this, you know, what's our budget? So right. they knew right. that the, the real kind of give that they wanted was the post-race box um, okay. because everyone gets that even if you don't finish the race. Now yours may not include a medal, we'll get to that in a moment, but that post-race mm-hmm. box is that real coveted kind of keepsake. The pre-race sure. is kind of, you know, we all been to events, not to diminish the 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 items inside that box, but the pre-race, sure. that's not their focus when they show up to Boston. They want to I got know, compete and do their best. So they put that cap. It happened within hours. They reached that 15,000 within hours. Um, and okay. we put a cap. And the first 15,000 people that said, yes, I, I'm going to participate, got this pre-race box. Okay. Okay. The date for the event was between September and 14th, which means you will run that race sometime between the 7th and the 14th. Gotcha. Correct. And what the marathon okay. folks, the Boston Athletic Association who runs Boston Marathon did was they uh, connected with an app company and created a specific custom app that was mm-hmm. sent to all the athletes. So that data of their running of their race was recorded and then sent back to the Boston Marathon to make oh, it that's an really cool time. Yeah. We didn't have anything to do with that. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. But that was how they were able to regulate the authenticity of each athlete's run. All right. Very cool. So now these athletes, they obviously weren't coming to Boston. So they Correct. couldn't just, you know, stop by a merch table or whatever it might be and, and pick up pick up their stuff. Right. They, you had to get these things to people. And if, if I remember the number right, it was in 87 different countries that these runners came from. It was. And that's the part what I mentioned a little bit earlier at the start of this, of, of some key learnings. 
So okay, these two okay. boxes, I'll show you. I've got one of them here. This is what the box looks like. This is your pre-race box. Mm -hmm. And inside is all your stuff. Okay. So I won't go item from item, certainly not here to kind of bore, it, bore anyone, but there's some key takeaways here. Yes, mm -hmm. you're correct, 87 countries. And for us, have, do we have experience shipping around the world? Absolutely. Do we mm -hmm. have experience shipping to the Ukraine? Absolutely not. There yeah. <laughs> was a handful of other countries like Morocco and the Ukraine that we didn't know what their customs and kind of duties and taxes issues were going to be. Okay. Um, we know that there's kind of, for lack of better terms, problem countries. So mm -hmm. like Brazil tends to be a problem okay. country. Issue, um, okay. It is a little bit with the, with the duties and taxes, not here to upset anyone from Brazil. Mm -hmm. um, but there's, you know, we knew there's a couple of edible items that are in these kits uh -huh. and <clears throat> that are not well received in other parts of, of the world. So we definitely took out the insure bottle because that's a liquid and we knew it wouldn't get internationally, it wouldn't do well. We okay. didn't quite think of some of the other items that got held up, <clears throat> pardon me, in some countries. Okay. So there was a cliff bar, which we thought we can ship to Mexico. It didn't. So we had some hiccups with okay. items that had to be returned and then sent back out. All in all, of the 15,000 pre-race kits, mm -hmm. we had less than 1% not deliver. That's so incredible. Amazon and Boston Athletic Association were incredibly thrilled with that. But, you know, from on the back end of things, there was quite, uh, you know, I had to become this kind of pseudo expert in Ukrainian duties and tax laws because I didn't know that there is a law that a third party shipper can't pay duties and taxes, that the recipient has to pass pay that tax. One, of, one of the more interesting ones, too, if I recall from our earlier discussion, was that I think it was Costa Rica, right? It was. How, can Correct. you tell people how like the the addresses work there? Yeah. It's pretty wild if you're not familiar yeah. with it. You know, it's interesting. My daughter was supposed to go to Costa Rica this last summer, but the trip was canceled. But maybe had she gone, she would have learned this um, <laughs> and explained it to me, and I would have been in better shape. The the home addresses in Costa Rica, <clears throat> not necessarily all of them, but many of them, and many of them related to this project work in a very different way than you and I and much of the world is accustomed to. So an address could be 4625 uh, Smith Road, 300 yards past the fire hydrant, two stops on the left. It right. just, that's the official part of the address. So in a lot of these countries, UPS will work with the third party company. So they'll UPS, which pick up the packages um, in Ohio, kind of will see it through to delivery to the participants mm -hmm. or the receiver's front door. In other countries, there's a third party that comes on because one, they, they know the, the, the landscape, the geography sure. much better, they know how it works. Well, sometimes it doesn't always kind of translate well. So right. we had a variety of, of folks from Costa Rica who were like, hey, I don't know where my package is. And it was very clear, it's 300 yards past the fire hydrant on the left. Yeah. yeah. So some learning curve there. So again, so, on the back end, it was a little bit of a, a headache, but it worked out. So, and, and that's what I, I really liked so much about this order is because we, we talk so much nowadays about, hey, you don't just want to be, certainly I think everybody knows you got to be past the days of just being the quote order taker, right? Like you have to provide that consultative service, et cetera. Yeah. But really what we're seeing now, especially in the age of COVID-19, is this whole next level layer of service where it's like, 
you're 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 almost becoming a logistics provider in in, in, in many ways. And if you want to compete for these these larger these larger fulfillment jobs, you have to have those kind of capabilities and be willing to put in that that kind of work. And I'm yeah. I'm, I'm wondering like. Was there any magic formula to figure in this out, or was it just well, a matter of you, you go on and you work with, with people in, over there, or how does that work? Yeah, no, it's a great question, and, and before I specifically answer that, I think what the other takeaway that's relevant to what you're asking, mm -hmm. I think a lot of people in our space aren't afraid to take on large projects or mm -hmm. <clears throat> you know detailed projects, um, because usually there's a, a very large merchandise component related to it. There was merchandise like this T-shirt or the official Boston Marathon medal or mm -hmm. bottle openers from Sam Adams beer or pins, things that we do in this space every single day. And mm -hmm. we didn't produce a single item in this box. We produced right, the box right. and we managed the, the fulfillment and shipment of that. But we didn't produce the merchandise. The merchandise is given by a variety of sponsors and people that the Boston Athletic Association have worked with for many years. And by no means were we in, you know, wanting to go in and disrupt that and say, we can do this. It was already done. We, there wasn't even an opportunity for us to do that. Yeah. And I think a lot of times people would say, well, hey, you know, to your point, there's no merch. What's in it for me? Um, well, we having those kind of other things, those other tangibles that you're good at make a difference. So we do fulfillment every day and mm -hmm. we do freight and logistics every single day. And I would say the number one kind of element to doing that and doing it well is organization. So <clears throat> we're, the spreadsheets, you know, 87 countries, we had a master tab. And we had a tab for every single country. Wow. And the intent of that was when you're constantly being berated by um, UPS and others to mm -hmm. respond to a lost package or I didn't get my package, so much easier. Yes, you can do a control F in Excel. So yeah. much easier to go to that specific country tab and find out, okay, looks like six people were expected to receive packages in Morocco, two didn't, how come? So we know yeah, it, okay. we know they arrived in Morocco, we know it got through customs, why didn't these two people get it? And it's just allowed us to be a lot more kind of flexible and reactive. Yeah, and it's such such a great, as you said, takeaway that that you didn't do the mer the, the the merch itself, which is you know mainstay business, obviously for all of us in this industry, was not what you focused on here. It right. was that fulfillment aspect, and the, and of course the creation of a really cool uh, custom box sure. as well that had that had a QR code, and we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about that now too, yep. because in addition to all that logistics and fulfillment, you guys uh, did a web splash page. And um, I think there was a QR code on the box, correct, correct. That, that linked to it. So can you kind of tell us what all that was and how it yeah. linked together? Absolutely. So when the folks opened their pre-race box, there's the QR code. And what that did is you could see that there's a couple of different sponsors on here. There's an Adidas part up there and there's Amazon. And then obviously the folks at um, Boston Athletic Association. Mm -hmm. So three kind of brands that are highlighted on this box. And Amazon and Adidas, who ultimately paid for this, Mm -hmm. um, wanted to have some real estate on the box, but also drive traffic back to Amazon to ultimately sell, sell more merch, mm -hmm. uh, more Adidas gear. And so there's a specific page on Amazon that Adidas has a storefront where they sell all their kind of, um, you know, marathon gear, um, mm -hmm. shoes, uh, wearables and so on. And so the splash page intent was twofold. One was to highlight some videos of some well-known marathon runners. I, I don't know if you can tell. I'm not a marathon runner. <laughs> tell. 
Yeah. Oh, no, don't sell yourself short. You probably <laughs> thought I was, but I'm yeah. not. Um, so have these kind of elite marathon runners give video encouragement to the athletes was one part. And two, there was a link at the end to click on that splash page that will take you directly to amazon.com slash adidas to buy or check out the, the gear that they have. Awesome. Awesome. And um, really cool thing. I should mention too, by the way, that for anybody who's listening, uh, you know, drop a comment. We'll, we'll respond to questions if we can. Also, you get entered um, in a sweepstakes, I guess we'll call it, to, to win some um, Batch and Bodego line project pro, uh, products from uh, HPG. It's a new food and gift line from uh, that top 40 supplier. So some, some cool stuff. There's my, uh, my comer- commercial for the day, Lee. Yeah, um, I get it. Uh, but let's let's see. What were the results of uh, of the campaign? Kind of what, what? How did the client react? What was yeah. the reactions? So we had fifteen thousand pre race kits, and then we did an additional eighteen thousand post race kits. Mm-hmm. So of the eighteen thousand, uh, I want to say roughly fourteen thousand and change mm-hmm. actually completed the race. Okay. Um, there's some people because of the wildfires in California and Oregon mm-hmm. and Washington. They've extended that timeline for participants to be able to finish it. That makes sense. Sure. One week. Sure. So there will be some more that trickle in. Um, so the second box was the pre-race, uh, excuse me, the post-race box. And very different from that box to the first pre-race box was the variable data. So the same mm-hmm. box, with the exception of the insure bottle that didn't go to international shipments. Okay. Um, this item right here, excuse me for the noise, this item, this is the this is the item everyone cares about. Okay. And while they love, and, and I should describe for people who are just on audio, Lee just held up a finisher's medal of the Boston Marathon. It's got the that uh, really cool unicorn logo that you're familiar. If you know the Boston Marathon, that logo's on it, and it's like that shows that you did it, that you're the real deal. You finished that one of the right. world's most famous marathons. Yeah, this is the bragging rights. Now, the Boston Athletic Association made a little bit of mistake of sending me a couple samples because. Okay. I will now tell people and proudly wear my non-earned medal around my neck that I can. You don't like this. wear that, like when you go to your kid's game or something like that. There's or two you things I take with me when I go yeah. to the store. There's two things I I always have with me now: yeah. a math and my Boston yeah. Marathon medal. You got um, it. <laughs> yeah. So you know they care about some of the other stuff. There's some patches. There's that sticker for those marathon runners out there that you know put this 26.2 sticker on their car. For many years, I had no idea what that meant because I'm not a right. runner, but for many, it means a lot. But the metal, the metal was the part that really like, you can't make a mistake. Someone can't run a marathon, earn a medal, open their box, excited to get that medal and it not be there. And then also at the same time, they gave a post-race box to people who didn't finish the race so they can get the other kind of swag, but Mm -hmm. there couldn't be a medal in that box either. No, you gotta earn it. You got to earn it. And then the or second part the was custom a, box fulfillment on it. And then you get it, one. Exactly. Uh, yeah. This t-shirt from Adidas, this is the official Boston marathon t-shirt that Adidas, uh, Adidas donated um, also a high valued item, but again, yeah. for the third and I'll just time, describe again, I'm sorry, Lee, to cut yeah, you off for the audio. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a, it's a beautiful blue and yellow, like a Royal blue and yellow. It's got the Boston marathon logo on the, on the left, John Hancock sponsor there uh, just below the, um, the left chest logo. So, so pretty cool. Um, so that second, that post-race box was the one that, uh, again, not less important as a expectation from the client perspective, but definitely had those guidelines of like, you know, that, that less than 1% really needs to stick on this one. So mm-hmm. the fortunate thing is we also were able to learn from the pre-race kit, some okay. of those hiccups we had with countries we weren't familiar with shipping to. 
uh -huh. um, to avoid those issues. And I think, knock on wood, some are still sh uh, shipping as we speak. Um, they're all arriving safe and sound. Very nice, very nice. So it's it's been a success. I'm just I'm curious what kind of feedback um, you've gotten either from That's Amazon right, or from Boston Marathon guys. What, yeah. have, what have you been hearing from them? So in the world we live in now, right, it's not about a client saying, hey, this looks good. It's all about the end user because mm -hmm. the, the world is social media. So um, the hashtag finish strong is alive and well, and that's the Boston Marathon's kind of uh, hashtag on social. And there are a number in the thousands of people posting photos with their box. Um, you know, just again, as you know, what we do on our side of the business, <clears throat> we don't get the recognition. And quite frankly, I never want the recognition okay. outside. I am, I am okay with the end user never knowing who Juice Marketing is. Mm -hmm. I care most about my clients knowing that we executed on their behalf and executed well. So sure. their kind of measure is social media and the okay. response that they're getting on social media is, you know, translated or sent over my way because they're mm -hmm. thrilled with the outcome, the look of the box, the quality, the way we handled everything um, the, and the social media kind of photos and shares that are being yeah. sent. And, and when you say social media, the people are doing the unboxing experience, right? Like totally. we hear about them, right? They're, yeah. they're, pull, they're pulling it out. They're saying, Hey, this is like, Oh, I got this from the Boston Marathon. Look at my finishers medal. Yeah. I did it. You know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, yeah. you know, people would have done this anyways, if they were at the Boston Marathon, I'm sure. Um, so knowing that they're still able to get that kind of reaction from the athletes is really significant to them. Yeah. And it's, and, um, I don't want to like wax too poetic here, but it, but in a way, it's it, it is it, it's nice that that can still be delivered to them that they didn't have to miss out on that experience. That there's a sense of camaraderie that they have with other finishers, and that and that this shows that, and it makes them part of that club, even though we're all doing this for, distance. Yeah. For sure, absolutely, and I think you know the Boston Marathon in recent years went through a pretty tragic event. Sure, um, and they rebounded. They are a staple event, um, not only in the Boston area, but around the country around the world frankly and i think they continue to be that brand that people are really impressed by they step up and they do the right thing um obviously amazon and adidas who stepped up with the the bill um deserve, deserve a tremendous amount of kudos because um they spent significantly more money in a virtual race than they would have at a, a on-site activation mm -hmm. sure, the freight sure. and duties and taxes alone i are, are pretty substantial substantial um, thankfully though i think you got to use a amazon's shipping right well that was the, the shipping of, number <clears throat> yeah aside from them stepping up with with their wallet of course mm -hmm. amazon said let's ship this on our ups account because obviously i don't care how big of a company or how small of a company you are in this industry none of us can compete with the amazon freight rates mm -hmm. so to be able to leverage their account number Mm -hmm. um, and, and they also paid that bill on behalf mm -hmm. of the Boston Athletic Association is hugely significant. And, and yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, we really appreciate it. That was Lee Fine from Juice Marketing with some absolutely fantastic tips about um, direct mail initiatives and kidding and fulfillment at a time when demand for those initiatives is really uh, just soaring. Mm -hmm. So um, we hope you gained some insights today that you can put into practice as you try to capitalize on this, this fast growing market for the Fullerton prize industry. Thanks again for listening.